0: Hey guys, it's me Christian from casually Christian for a new episode of my show. Uh, For those who are watching us for the first time uh, here on Casually Christian, we talk about people's life, their interests, and their passions. So if you like what you hear, please remember to hit like and subscribe and smash that notification bell to catch the latest episodes of Casually Christian. Uh, So on today's show, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite books and our favorite authors. And since, uh, you know, I'm a movie lover, I'm a movie buff, we're also going to talk about our favorite adaptations. So joining me today... is a returning guest. He hasn't been on the show for uh, close to two years, is uh, Byron Vasquez Jr. Byron, thank you for for joining uh, my show, buddy. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for (laughs) inviting me. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I, especially, like, you know, it's, like, 10 o'clock on a Saturday. I know, like, a lot of people get, like, oh, 10
1: o'clock. You know what I mean? I, I know, know. It I means really... a lot to get up. You know. At first, I was like, can we move it back? But, yeah, I woke up, you know, I, I went to bed around, like, 1 o'clock in the morning watching some TV last night. Yeah, um, As you know, I went to my sister's band uh, mm-hmm. performance and came back to get, get to be up early. And, uh, and I've been waking up early these last three days. I thought, oh, Saturday, I can relax. But, nope, I'm here. <laughs> I'm yeah, keep on hustling, man. Keep on getting yeah. your face out there, my dude. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like, I understand.
0: It's um for somebody for me, like I like to, I love to sleep in on the weekends. It's like mm-hmm. one of those, uh, my favorite pastimes. And I always think, it's like, where did I get it from? And then, like, now that I've been working at my mom's house remotely, uh, she gets up around like 11. So I get it from her.
1: You're <laughs> well, I when I was, it you know, it's funny because when I was growing up, I, we were, um, It was very rarely that my mom would allow us to sleep in very late. Uh, I would be up early for Saturday morning cartoons, obviously, but if I did sleep in a little bit later, she would wake us up and time to start cleaning, time to start doing chores. So I, I always have a sense of guilt for sleeping in late. Even as an adult, I don't know what it is. Like I feel bad for sleeping in late, but I have other siblings who, they don't care. They'll sleep until three o'clock in the afternoon and they, they feel no yeah. not a sense of guilt. I know. I wish like
0: in my next life, I have no guilt at all. I could just live, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Without, like, ah, whatever, you know, like just living on the day. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? What was since you haven't been on the show for for a bit? What give us an update, man? What have you been up to since uh, you've been on
1: on Casually Christian? Yeah. Um, well, so so I got, I think I'm sorry, I lost my voice a couple of days ago and I'm Mm -hmm. so pretty. Um, so the last time I was on your show, I believe it was in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. So, right. And, um, yeah, not much has changed. Uh, I mean, little by little, I, I, well, actually, let's see. Um, personally, I traveled, I went to that year. I went to the East coast and I went, um, Yeah. You went
0: traveling all over America, right? I saw that you were like, we're going like on a road trip everywhere.
1: Yeah, well, I did that twice. So I did that once in 2020. Uh, I went to, I flew to Nashville, and then from there we drove to Miami, and then I drove back through Georgia and Alabama. And then this last November, I had uh, decided to go visit my sister. One of my sisters had moved to, uh, to Nashville about three years, like the year, right before the, like, 2019, October 2019, right before the pandemic, and I drove for halfway, and uh, I decided to go visit her. And I decided I'm gonna drive because, well, two reasons. There was a con- uh, an artist in concert yeah. that I really like. I like, one of my favorite right, artists was out there in Chattanooga, in Tennessee. And I thought, what a like, what a great moment to go visit her, and see my the artist. And I thought, well, why don't I go for, I wasn't sure if I was going to go all the way to Miami and stay there for a little bit or stay in Nashville, Mm. but I thought, you know, I haven't seen my sister in a while, I'm going to go stay with her. And so I drove all the way to Nashville and I planned to stay there for six weeks while I was there. I got, um, I was contemplating between going to Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic because it's like the flights are so close and, um, and it was not expensive going to Puerto Rico. Um, I ultimately, I decided to go to the Dominican Republic and, um, I went there for four days and then I came back and then I stayed Nashville again for a couple of weeks. Then I drove to Miami and then I came back to Nashville. And then from there I drove, drove back. And, uh, I, so it was a really cool, um, cross country road yeah, trip. Man. And, That's um, something I would
0: love to do some point in my life is to like travel somewhere for like a few, you know, more than just two weeks and worry about my emails. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, um I saw that you uh, were also auditioning in Tennessee, I think, and you landed, yes. like, some kind of commercial
1: or some kind of spot. So, I, my goal, my goal, I'm looking for a place uh, yeah, to relocate to, and I'm trying to decide between either Nashville or Florida or, you know, Miami, but when I went to Nashville, I wanted to see can I survive, can I build the same life over there that I have over here, so uh, when I got there, I got involved in Uh, I started going to the same kind of clubs I would do over here. Uh, I I look. I would start looking for agents. I started looking for work. So I was working while I was in Nashville as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got a lot of work, a lot of interpreting work. Uh, There's more than I got here. Um, Nashville is such a growing city and it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to Nashville? No, I only been
0: that the only state that I've been other than Nevada is Texas. Oh, Texas, yeah. yeah,
1: it's a great state. Um, but Nashville is is like a mini Los Angeles. I mean, it's like these big buildings, it's a big city, but it's so small. I got lost, and I was going to a location, I forgot where I was going, and I got lost. But just because it's such a small city, I accidentally got to the right place. <laughs> like I just drove around in circles, I'm like, oh, I think I'm here. Um, and because of that, I, I was able to find a lot of work, and I was able to connect with an agency, uh, and because of the proximity between Atlanta to Nashville, they said we have a lot of work. And so the day after I signed, I gave him my, my reel. I told them that I was a SAG actor in Los Angeles. They signed me and the day after wow. me an audition Yeah. For a commercial. And then they've been getting me some steady, good movie auditions, um, which unfortunately, and these big ones, I'm talking about these really big ones that you're going to hear about coming out. uh, And I've been excited about those auditions. I just have been disappointed that I have not booked, (laughs) I have not booked those auditions um, thus far. But it seems like they were still like giving
0: you the opportunity to get yourself out there. Do you feel like you're getting more opportunity
1: over there than over here in Los Angeles? I was uh, lately, yes, yes, yeah. I got because I mean they were getting me. I mean my, this agent got me auditioned the next day, um, and not just so I got an audition for a Cheetos commercial when I was out there, uh, and then I got an audition for um, the movie coming out with Nicolas Cage and yeah. um, Nicolas Holt, the the vampire movie Renfield. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for that film. Then I auditioned for um, some other one. I don't remember. Then I auditioned for one um, with Orlando Bloom. He's coming out with a new movie. It's called uh, The Red Right Hand. And I had um, an audition for one role. Mm-hmm. And then they brought me back in for a second role. So I didn't that audition, I <laughs> didn't get it through them. Um, yeah. But you
0: know what? It's okay. Because, like, yeah, you wanted to get it. But at least it, it's giving you, like, the experience to you know, put your foot in the door again, instead of just having like a dry spell. So you're kind of like picking it up again. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's, that's good, man. I'm really glad that you're uh, getting yourself out there, like in another state and uh, right. that's working out. But, you know, and during your travels, did you, uh, did you happen to read anything like along your way? Did you bring a book to read or anything like that?
1: I did. I did bring a couple of books to read because I love. I love to read. But while I was traveling, I was also given a couple of books um, from some people that I met, and then my sister as well. Yeah. And so I remember bringing it back. And I would just a couple of weeks ago, I was going through my, my stuff, and I said, "Oh, this is the book that they gave me. Let me add it to my queue. Let me just start reading it now." So I, I started reading it, and I finished it. And it was um, it was called a. Actually, I have it right here. It was called um. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like um, a self-help book. It was, yes, it's a self-help So I've been reading a lot of, lately, um, before when I was younger, I would read a lot of uh, fiction, literature. Mm-hmm. And um, as of, like, the end of, uh, right around when I took my sister to Nashville the first time in October 2019, I read a non-fiction well, book. I like to read biographies as well of actors that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But this, I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and it really changed my life in a mm. big way and from there they they gave other books that you could read to continue down this path of, of wealth building and, and self-help and so I started picking up more of that and then um while I was in Nashville another book that I actually read uh I my sister got me um, hooked on this show called Southern Charmed it's mm. a reality show on Bravo and um I, I watched like half of the series with with her uh that was something that she made me do every night was watch the show with her and uh we uh there was a character on the show that at first I really did not like because he was he came across very arrogant mm-hmm. but the more the series went in uh, I realized wow this guy's really intelligent he's really smart he quotes literature he quotes Shakespeare you could mm-hmm. tell that he's really 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 smart and it turns out he was he went to Vanderbilt University and he's really well read and so for Christmas I believe or my sister sent me this book his name was Shep Rose and she sent me this this book, uh, "The Average Expectations: Lessons in Lowering the Bar" by Chef Rose, which is main like, character. I love and the was, titles
0: that you're being giving me. Is like the subtle way is not giving a fuck, lowering your expectations. I love like quirky titles like that.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's been uh, those those two books. Really, they were actually very similar, in, you know, in how um, to approach life and whatnot. And so, you know, um, huh? I'm sorry to cut you off,
0: but I no. before I forget, what was that? Like the, you said that. the the book changed your life i want to know how it changed your life like that self-help book oh rich dad poor dad yeah like i want to know about that because that was one of the questions i had today like what was a book that changed your life and you know that's very important because like reading it's more than just entertainment it's about fulfilling like understanding other people's perspective and like also educating yourself on like what you could you know you're you're looking at your inner self and what you could do uh so let's talk about that how how
1: why did that change your your life sure yeah um so i'll just preface this with, with that there is a non oh, there's a fiction book that really had impacted my soul we can talk about that later and then there's mm-hmm. this book that had a practical um application to my life and how it changed practically uh and this book rich dead poor dad was a, a book written by robert kiyosaki and it expl- um it's it talked about he had these two different dads it was one of his real dad and one was uh, of his best friend's father who he looked at like a surrogate father yeah and his actual father was an educated professor at a university, um, and his friend's father was not. He was not an educated man, but he was an entrepreneur. And how his father was in debt, and his father would struggle for money, even though he was a university professor, even though he had all the wow. athletes, uh, and the entrepreneur who wasn't educated was flourishing with money and how he learned the lessons of the differences between, you know, being rich and being poor and whatnot. And, um, when I finished reading that book, I realized, wow, the way that I approached money, the way that I looked at money, everything was just, it just radically changed my life. And it talked about, you know, um, just different principles about paying yourself first, you know, getting out of debt, uh, all all these different things that I didn't, that I knew, but I didn't apply. And when I read the book, it kind of put a mirror in my face and said, Hey, what are you you doing? You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be struggling for money. You don't have to, you know, you know, I learned through that book, the wealth building is a lot simpler than people realize. It just, it's just easy. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's the discipline is what it's needed. Mm -hmm. And so from there, uh, they recommended other readings. And so I started reading, um, and that's how i changed my life basically it really made me look at wow the way that i'm approaching money that's why i'm not getting where i'm you know going and i started from zero at that point so that was october 2019 zero like you know really at ground zero with a lot of money and um just not managing it well and then to today where like i now i'm very you know uh strange financially yeah and just how much my my with the growth in my financial situation in the few couple of years, just by following principles, how, yeah. wow, I've, you know, um, I, I moved like, before I was just save money in a bank account and I realized, mm-hmm. well, you're not getting anything in a bank account, a savings account, you're getting like a, a 0.2, 0.25%, you know? And yeah, so yeah. I went, I learned about, you know, retirement. Cause at the time I was in my mid thirties, I'm like, well, what like, is we were talking about earlier facing a mortality, what's gonna happen to me when I get older? I don't have any yeah. money saved up for retirement. I don't work for a company. So there's no 401 case for me. Uh, what am i gonna do and I, I heard about this you know a Roth IRA and an IRA and I didn't know what mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. at the time. And so I went to my credit union because I have a credit union. I just kind of asked them like what should I do? And they said, Well whatever, whatever is best for your taxes. And I said, I don't know. Let's just open up a Roth because I heard <laughs> you don't pay taxes on a Roth. Yeah. So and I started to kind of just putting in like $20, a hundred dollars, I had like a thousand dollars after a year in there. And I realized, well, I'm not getting any. And the more I learned after the, he recommended all these books and I got mm-hmm. The Intelligent Investor and I got uh, Thinking, Grow Rich and um, other books as well. And I realized, oh, I'm not getting any returns on this. I'm gonna move it to a, a, a fund, an index fund. And so I transferred that money to a Vanguard fund. And within that year, I saw growth that I'd never seen before. I'm like, my oh, really? well, Yeah. You know, I, what's I, a Vanguard? uh fund so vanguard is a it's a financial company and they um invest in the stock market Mm -hmm. a lot of people invest in single stocks which could be great but it could also be very you know uh depending on the company it's a gamble right it's not really a gamble a lot of people think it's a gamble but Mm -hmm. not really if you pick if you pick a good strong company and there's books that teach you how to analyze you know companies that analyze you know the the p and e's and whatnot but there's also um Index funds or ETFs that follow certain indices and they they invest in all these different companies, and so you're not really you have a lot of uh, there's a hedge against risk because you're investing in so many different companies. Yeah, so diversify that you're not you're really gonna lose money. And historically, the stock market has averaged over ten percent every year. And if you look at um, one of those like. The graphs you'll notice that the stock market has always even though there's like dips like right now the stock market has dipped it always gets going up rebounds rebounds rebound, it's uh, the trend is always going up or the trend is always growing even if it drops so it's never it's never dropped back to where it was at the beginning and um so i moved my my Roth IRA from just a savings account to buy. And it was like you already see the difference, huh? Oh yeah. Within one year, I'm like, how much money did I just come back? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh from there I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Now I have you know, now I now I know more about it. So now I know that the Roth IRA is tax free. Everything you put in there is after tax after tax. So you pay taxes on it like your regular paycheck. You put in and you can only um because of the tax it's a tax advantage account, you can only invest six thousand a year. Okay. That's what the government allows to. to. Uh, but everything after that is tax-free. Even the growth really? is tax-free. Mm-hmm. So That's anything a- when you retire, when you end, it's tax-free to the people that you give it to as an heir. Yeah. So you could... Get, you could um, bequeathed it to someone and they, it's still tax-free. And so I thought, oh, this is great. So now I'm gonna start trying to like, you know, every year maximize my Roth savings. And I put 6,000 um, into my, in my Roth. Uh, and then there, around that time, I also got a commercial, like, you know, the commercial. So I had a big chunk of money and I felt really like responsible for that money. I felt like, you know, this is, I, I've earned it, but I felt like it was given to me, and I don't want to just squander it. Yeah. So my mom at the time she she was very smart with money, and she invested too. And um, she said, oh, "I'm going to invest in this oil stock. I think you should, you know." She actually she reached out to me. She said, uh, "Can I use you to invest in this oil stock? I just want to open up an account. Can I use your name?" I said, "Well, if you're going to do it too, then I'm going to do it with you." So mm-hmm. I heard, I went this um, this, and this is all because of the book Robert Kiyosaki. Because before I would never have have dared no. to do that. Uh, they also. Um, I, he also has this game that you learn like you play this game and you learn how to like do investments and stuff so you kind of kind of you know get ready so anyway so we went to the bank and i deposited like a chunk like a huge chunk of money into this uh to this stock this mm-hmm. oil stock um and then for the that was 2019 and then it went down from the moment that i invested in it it just started going down 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 and then the uh then, then COVID happened and then just dropped dramatically and i learned you know something reading these books a lot of people say like a lot of these investors say that um when it's fearful that's when you want like billionaires are made when people are scared when people because the the stock market drops so everyone thinks take your money out and i said that's not that's the wrong thing to do when the stock market drops you want to invest more because more. it's going to rebound mm-hmm. and so i did that i just that's in there and i kept investing more and then it went from like 30 it just shot up over the last couple of weeks the oil stocks just you know, went up again. And so then I had that, had the oil stocks, and then during COVID I was getting unemployment because my job completely just like disappeared. Yeah, Yeah, because my job actually was going in person and interpreting for people live, and I had no work after that. So I was getting unemployment, and at the time, the government was giving like a lot of money um, to, you know, For those who were affected by COVID, exactly, and because of that, because of Robert Kiyosaki's book, I had paid off. This is the most amazing thing. I didn't expect COVID to happen. I mean, nobody expected COVID to happen, and. When I finished reading that book, I realized I need to get out of debt. So I paid any outstanding debt I had from between October to like January, October 2019 2019, to about January 2020. So I paid off any debt. Then I started learning about Dave Ramsey and what he uh, suggests about the the emergency fund. So I started building an emergency fund. So I had a good chunk of emergency money right when COVID hit. So I had no debt. I had a low cost of living because I try to keep, you know, low cost of living. Mm -hmm. And I had emergency money. So when I started getting unemployment, I had all this money. And so instead of spending it, I just started putting it in a brokerage account. I started investing it and investing it. So it was during, because of these books that I was reading during the pandemic, I'm actually, I'm so much more ahead than I ever thought I could ever be, you know. Um, And so it's been been an incredible ride. That's that's really incredible. Yeah, it is because of those those books that I'm reading that um, I'm going to, you know. So you're like a financial guru right now? I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. You I'm should write your own book, man. You know, I I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Uh, like I said, there's still there's still lots to learn. I just started going to meetup on financial uh, like wealth builders meetup. I started yeah. last last Sunday and reading. I just read a lot. You know, I'm reading right now. I'm reading uh, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm also reading. I mean, should, should we go on with that or uh, oh no, I mean like
0: it's. I mean we're talking about books and like self help books is a big niche in the, in the, in the, in the world of books, you know, there's like lots of them and they're, they're very lucrative. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos say, if uh, you want to make money writing books, write a self-help book. Cause that's where yeah. it's at. Uh, so, I mean, reading, uh, here's a little fun uh, tidbit that, uh, reading, uh, the more you read it, it, uh, it turns on these neural pathways in your mind that keeps it elastic and fresh. So literally like reading is the workout for your mind. So the more you read, it keeps you more focused, more like aware, you know. So it's not, it's no, it's not. I mean, of course it's like obvious, right? It's like you go work out, you're gonna get a six pack every day. You right, know what I mean? It's the same right. thing with your head. So, uh, so yeah, it's just a little uh, tidbit for right now. I have a bunch of stuff, you know, for our show. I have like some quotes from Stephen King and James Baldwin. And uh, you know what? Um, since we were talking about like self books right now, what about literature, like like fiction books? Like who? Let's start off with this one. What book you couldn't finish? Kills it, it was just like it was just too boring. <laughs>
1: um, you know everybody loves. Oh, look, I have it downstairs. I haven't finished it yet. Everybody <laughs> loves Jack Kerouac, a Jack um, Kerouac novel that I started reading, and um, it was like oh, I have to get through this book. It was so like a chore, know, right? Yes, it was like a chore. It was um, and it was about um, it was about a road trip. I forgot what it was called. Um, it was a road trip. Right? Did I lose you?
0: I'm here you're just okay. you know
1: full shot right here <laughs> oh, yeah. no sorry uh, so it was a uh, um on the open road I think it was called on the open Road by Jack Kerouac and I thought, well, this is cool like I you know uh, I loved I loved a road trip I want you know back then my dream was to road trip across the country and you know so I read I tried to get through that and I just couldn't do it and then there was one more book that I I that was really difficult to get through but I did press on mm-hmm. and it was um oh man, I forgot the name it was been years since I read it but. <laughs> I forgot, but it was it was by a poet who wrote this novel, and um, he wrote a series of car- uh, he wrote a city, right? And in this city that he created, he wrote novels based on different people that lived in the city, mm. uh, cool. and he wrote one. It was it was really it was sad. When I got to the end of it, it was like oh, this is it was a good book, but it was so the prose was so eloquent and it was so poetic mm. that I'm like you really have to like, what are you saying? It's like one page just to give I a see. sentiment away. So you <laughs> felt like he was giving, he was just giving
0: you a lot of fluff and you just wanted to hear more of like the, the action that was going on instead of all these pros. Cause it's well, like, he was overdoing it. You felt like. Yeah. Yes. It,
1: uh, I feel because I had been reading a lot of John Grisham right before that, and John Grisham was mm-hmm. really get to the, you know, he's really yeah. quick to get to the, then I, so then I transitioned to, it was Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry was the author and, um, it was just a lot more poetic and a lot more prose and a lot more descriptive and more, yeah. you know, and it was like, Hey, I'm just, I've got I just got done reading John so and now I'm going to this and this is a little bit more involved, but the outcome was really beautiful. I mean, just the way that he would write. And then I would notice that my vocabulary would improve and, and that the way that I would even speak sometimes would um, yeah. just kind of be more en- embellished, I would
0: say. So yeah, definitely. Like and- in, the reason you couldn't finish that one book, was it because it was too boring? It wasn't going anywhere? Or is it just like, it was like watching like a bad
1: movie, like reading a bad movie, you
0: know? Well, what, what was it, it was about just, it? It
1: took too long to get, because it was so descriptive. It was like, you know, he was describing every, it, it took a long time to get to the next event because he was describing everything, you know, so, so descriptively, excuse me, and so poetically that it just took too long to get to the next. But I really enjoyed it at the end. It was this guy's uh, Wendell Berry, I forgot the actual name of the book, but it was it was about this um this um barber, this kid who left his hometown in a you know small town and it was based in the fifties and he became a barber in some other town and um he became he kind of inserted himself in this new town and he never really uh, he even though he lived there for fifty years, he never really inserted himself into the community he was just kind of a barber that was on the outskirts but he fell in love with this girl that he never had the courage to say that he had feelings for her yeah. and um you know at the end she ends up like dying and, and I think she ends up saying oh I loved you this entire time I don't know why you never mm-hmm. said anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was the
1: end of the story <laughs> and that was and pretty much the end of the story and I'm like wow it was really sad um so yeah that was the two books that I remember that was really difficult to get through
0: um do you, well for me like one book that was really difficult to get through i i didn't even finish it and it was not because like the the writer he didn't he's a he's a really good writer like is james baldwin Have you ever heard of uh, james baldwin
1: i've heard of him yeah
0: yeah he's a uh, he was a civil activist you know during the 60s and he was out and gay like he was like what society didn't want to want like mm. back in the 60s and uh he wrote this book called giovanni's room and it was about a a, a gay man who, who you know lived his life on the on the down low. And, um, when the story is that he went to a gay bar and the cops raided it. And at the time in America where if you got caught in a gay bar, they would publish all the names in the local newspaper outing Mm -hmm. everybody. So he almost got caught. So he moves to France and he falls in love with one, one guy named Giovanni. But at the same time he has this girlfriend. And so he goes over there and it was, it was really good. I thought it was, it was like, I, I was surprised like that book should be like taught in schools, you know what I mean it was it was so good and and um, it was it, it, of course it had a sad ending. Um, but it it, it, it it was an experience because I didn't know that happened. I didn't know that gay men were outed like it, you know if you went to a gay bar like before it was cool. Uh, but yeah uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't know that that was the world back in the day and, and James Baldwin published this book, at the time where like these these stories about a story about a gay man uh were not published at all so it was like very it was very controversial and uh when i read his next book which was his first book was uh go tell it on the mountaintop uh i couldn't finish it man because it took it takes place in Parlem. it's about this uh boy who his father's a preacher and uh, i just couldn't finish it I just like not because it was terrible it's just that uh you know i was right i was i just finished uh, Dr. Sleep, which was the the sequel to The Shining, and I moved on to that story about the kid in Harlem, and I was like, well, I'm transitioning from this ghost story to, like, a like a, a thing that's set in reality, and yeah. I was like, fuck, man, this thing needs some ghosts. Right, <laughs> exactly. exactly right. It's really weird,
1: like, how you have to transition, like, you know, the next book you pick has to be on some sort of same path, yeah. otherwise, like, the, like, you know, the... Like, the it kind... throws you off. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's not because
0: I, I want to give it another chance, because, like, It wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like, it was just like, I wanted more thrills to it. I mean, I knew like the experience of a black kid in Harlem sucked, you know, and um, uh, I'll just give it another chance, but not because I didn't finish it because it was, uh, it's just like, I should have picked something that was kind of like in the same path. Leading me to like a book in reality, you know, Uh, even if it was like based in reality, I still wanted. He's like, oh, I sometimes I hear my dead grandma in the hallway. He's like, that would be horrible. yeah, I'll continue. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, but yeah, that's one of the one of the stories that uh, took me a long time to. uh, It's one of the stories that I did not finish. And, uh, you know, I don't know if because of social media, but do you find it hard finishing books now? Because like you just have so much distractions with like not only because like the work life, but you have like a device that you could just procrastinate all the time. You know what I mean? And like, it just like your attention span is not there anymore. Uh, I know I do. I've been procrastinating on reading the books right now and I have like a bunch of books that I want to check out, but it's just that I just, I dropped the ball in my late thirties, man. Like back in my teens, I was reading constantly. I consumed books. Even in my twenties, I consumed books, but now like uh, right now where I'm at my age, I just haven't finished a book yet. Yeah, Last year, I wanted to finish, like, two two books, but I was only able to
1: finish one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because last year, I had a goal of getting 52 books in. Wow. And I, got like, <laughs> I didn't get that. I got, like, 10 or 12. Um, but So, yeah. But do, what you, I, uh-huh.
0: do you feel like social media and having a smartphone well, makes, makes it difficult to finish
1: a book? Uh, I would say no right now well, because a couple of years ago, I don't – remember when it was it was before the pandemic um I had uh, a goal of cutting out Facebook for six months so I deleted Facebook for six months and um I wanted to be more present in my own life and I did that and I I, in those six months I realized wow I don't need to be on Facebook all the time I don't need to wake up and um just go on you know Facebook or or really be on it as much uh and I I feel more present in my own life but I'm not on social media and so I, I I got the habit of not having to be on social media all the time but then last year when i had a goal of reading you know because i read reading robert kiyosaki said that things that one thing that billionaires and millionaires do is they read 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 they consume as much as they can and i thought all right let me last year i said i'm gonna read 52 books but it got me in the habit of i took i take my phone and I set fifteen minute timer because when I was in school in English class, we'd have to read fifteen minutes every good morning. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm gonna copy that. I'm gonna read for fifteen minutes. So I put my timer. Boom, fifteen minutes. I sit there and I put on some classical music and I just get in my zone and I read fifteen minutes every day. And uh, I read three books um, because I um, I read one self help book one and I'm um, I'm not a free this but I, I'm um, I, I am multilingual so I, I mm. have. I'm learning French as well, and I speak Spanish and ASL, and I speak one. Uh, I read one book in French and one book in Spanish. So I do for about 45 minutes, 15 minutes each each book. That way, it doesn't overwhelm me. That way, I'm not forced to sit there and read, and my attention spent does get you know under. Yeah, I'm like okay, I have 15 minutes, and then the alarm will go off. The next book, the next book, and then I just you know. That's
0: wait. really that's a really helpful uh, advice, man. I, I think I'll, I'll take up on that. Like just sending little like 15 minutes, and then mm-hmm. like and eventually that pays off. It does, Uh, yeah. Because, like, it does, like, you know, you pick up the book and, like, it's like, and then you start kind of, like, your mind starts drifting. Right. Right, exactly. Like, I'm a Christian. (laughs) Don't be this way, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was was one of the favorite books that you read when you were a kid? Like, not that self help book, but, like, a book that you just consumed because it was so entertaining. Yes, I've been waiting for you to
1: ask that question because uh, this is, I think, what started me. Well, when I was a kid, I read a lot of Goosebumps, right? A lot yeah, of Goosebumps. Of and a lot of, uh, I think it was the Hardy Boys, the detective mm-hmm. kids that they, that you know. But when I was in junior high, I was introduced to this author who I'm sure everybody knows, um, The Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Essie Hinton, and after reading that book, I, I was a great book in my seventh grade English class. I thought, "Hey, this is a good, this is a good book." Um, when I went home, I was looking through my my parents' library, my mom's library at the time, and I saw Essie Hinton. I'm like, "Oh, what is this book?" And it was called "That Was Then, This Is Now," that book. Just oh it hit me in my heart like I will like that was the most um I think after I finished reading it, I threw it against the wall because mm. it was so emotionally charged and really I, um, yeah on the website I uh, on her website Essie and uh, uh, she said that people often tell me that they throw the book against the wall because it's such an emotionally charged ending it's such a controversial ending and mm. I was like ah this is happened to me and ever since then I oh I read every Essie Hitten novel that was out there and if people were big fans of hers they are all connected. But it's such a subtle way that they're connected that yeah. you wouldn't know it if you didn't read it. It's
0: like part of the same universe, unless like exactly yeah. Like the
1: Outsiders was like that. That that was that. This is now has characters from the Outsiders, and then there's a character that doesn't pop up until her last book that was like ten years later. That's connected to the character from that was that this is now in a big way. But you would not know it. I mean, even if you didn't have to read it, I mean, you don't have to read all the books to enjoy that one. But if you did read all the books, you would. make makes it that better. Makes it exactly yeah yeah like Stephen king does
0: the same thing too like he he has his whole universe in in every book like you don't have to read everything but if you have read like one of them and it connects it to that story in just a little way it just makes it juicier it's like having like yeah, a music Yeah like, exactly yummy you know? A little
1: extra flavor yeah yeah, yeah exactly. for
0: real dude and i love it i love it when writers do that that's that's when you yeah. they know they they know what they're doing you know it's like right. oh, this guy he's legit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and that's what that's something that i'm doing right now with the anthology that i've been working on forever i'm trying like each each little story is kind of like their characters are kind of like entwined so right. you can read it on its own, but if you read chronologically and finish it to the end, like it's gonna, it's gonna be pretty juicy once it's uh, it's right, right, kind of right. complete. Uh, but what is one series? I guess that's what do you consider? Not those weren't series, but like like a Lord of the Rings or uh, like or the Jason Bournes. Do you have you ever been into like any series like that? Or is uh, there, those mm-hmm. are too intense because for me, like, yeah. they're too like I can't. You know, just give me one book.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know what? Um, No, I have not actually read a series. Well, I've never. Uh, well, Goosebumps, but not really. That's not a series. So I, I would it's say like a um, Harry
0: Potter, you know?
1: No. Yeah. I've never read. Well, I have never read a Harry Potter. I never got to a series except recently, one of the Spanish books I was at Target. I'm like, well, I need a Spanish book right now. Right. So yeah. I, I bought this. It looked interesting. It was about mafia. Or so I thought. Uh, and so I, I bought it. I started reading it and it was just, um, oh, it was very sexually descriptive it was, uh, it was uh, and i'll show you right now uh, it's called 365 days and it i was like the spanish version of um 50 shades of gray and i learned later that it is a series it's a trilogy of, oh. of books so it's called 365 days uh and I it's can see it. yeah it's a it's a polish um i think the author is polish and it's translated to spanish and so i got it at the walmart or target I think, you know this isn't like I, this mafia kidnaps this woman. Yeah, so sure. That's what it was. Uh, this mafia guy kidnaps this woman who he's in love with. And he says that you have a, a one year. You have to stay with me for three hundred and sixty five days so I can convince you to fall in love with me. So I thought that was interesting, but I didn't realize it, it was a very it was um, very sexually very, charged, sexual, and it was like every page or having very descriptive sex acts. And I thought, well, at least I'm learning vocabulary and <laughs>
0: <it> <laughs> was, of uh,
1: sexual acts. So yeah. Uh, but it is a series, it's part of the series. I don't think I'm going I to I mean, was well, is
0: it good? Did you find it entertaining? Well, I'm still reading it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never got into like uh the the gray, what's it called? Uh, the, the the fifty, 50 shades, shades of gray, gray yeah, or the that. Harry Potters or The Lord of the Rings. It's just like yeah, I was trying to get into the, the Steaming King Dark Tower, but the first book took me a very long time to finish. I was like I powered through it, but I finished it, and the the climax to the book wasn't wasn't really what i was expecting it was like they were these the antennas the attending the antennas and the pro, pro protagonist they were just having a conversation and this guy's mm-hmm. put like the the wizard puts a spell on him and then he wakes up and then the wizard's dead oh and then like the book's over
1: and i was like <laughs> oh i
0: wanted i wanted a little, i wanted more you know what i mean right. uh so i have the set i i want to read it because like i see i i know the plot of it i know i've seen like very i seen uh Illustrations of different scenes and very intriguing. And I do want to, I do want to finish it. And um, did you watch the adaptation of the Dark Tower with uh, hmm. uh, with uh, Israel Abla and uh, what's it called? Oh, Matthew exactly. McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Oh uh, no, that no. was, that, was um, that wasn't good. That was terrible. Um, oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah, like it was. Um, it was not at all like the book. They had like little things about it, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Actually, like the Amazon is uh doing it as a mini as a series now so i'm thinking it's like well maybe it will do i think the dark tower series will do better as a series instead of a a movie because uh the movie's very like you only have like two or three hours to tell your tale and this story because it was all one story like they condensed the whole series into one one story (laughs) Well, I think one it's movie. tough,
1: right? So adapt a film, to adapt a movie, a book to a movie is tough. Sometimes it works better adapting a book to a TV show because you have a lot longer, yeah. you know, more episodes to tell the whole story and you can develop the characters better. Absolutely. And um,
0: what is one of your favorite adaptations?
1: Um, I love John Grisham. I love John Grisham, and there are two adaptations from John Grisham, his overall that I really enjoy. One was a time to kill. Actually, they've tried they've uh, adapted a lot of his, his mm-hmm. work. My favorite ones have been *A Time to Kill* and *The Client*. Um, I, I think, remember when they made that into a movie in the '90s. The yeah, like the night, right? Exactly. And I think those two are the when i read the book. because I watched the movies first, then I read the novels, and I realized, wow, these these two movies are the ones that are closest to the, the how, like like I my experience reading the novel. It was watching the film. Close. Right, and so *A Time to Kill*. Um, those two and I actually there was a play they someone adapted it to a play as well so I read the book watched the movie seen the play of the Time to Kill and uh, the Client with um, Susan Sarandon and uh, the late Brad Redfro. and she actually ended up winning I believe the Oscar no that was for Dead Man Walking she was nominated for an Oscar uh, for the Client
0: yeah yeah and um, the like those were that those were, like that was the your favorite adaptations of the the Client and um, right the, yeah and uh, my favorite one. They're, they all happen to be Stephen King because like, I think he writes like the stuff that I love, like the, yeah. the stuff that I love to watch. But my, the favorite, my favorite adaptations is like stand by me, which. oh that's a good one. Yeah. Like when I saw that, it was like, cause I watched it when I was a kid. And when right. it said, based on a short story by Stephen King, it blew my mind. Like he wrote this. I'm like, yeah. it didn't have like <laughs> monsters or anything, you know, like it didn't have like, you know, and, and it's like, he writes characters that like, they're well-rounded. Like there's conflict within them. And like they're, they're mainstream, you know what I mean. They're like people could get it, and like right. when I saw Stand by Me, The Shawshank Redemption, Misery, Misery is one of my favorite adaptations, oh, and um, and also Doctor Sleep, which we watched uh, during the pandemic, like on uh, you know the streaming service. And yeah. I was I had my reservations for Doctor Sleep because um, it was the sequel to The Shining. And I'm like, Oh, how is this going to be? You know, uh, but actually, like the filmmaker stuck, like he it was true to the book. And not only that, he improved the ending from the book. Like the oh, wow. ending in the movie was better than the ending in the book. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is really satisfying. Like the, I was like, I was so floored by how how much I love that movie, The, the Doctor Sleep. Right. You should you um, should watch it if you, yeah, you watch definitely. if you watch the, the Shining, like the Stanley Kubrick one. Yeah, they, they bring elements to it. It's like this. It's the same universe. Like he's not doing like the the Stephen King universe. He, he did, right. even though like he he hit homage to K- kubrick as well and it was it was really good well done uh and uh, have you seen the show called um a midnight mass no it's on, it's on hbo max and mm-hmm. not hbo max i'm sorry netflix mm-hmm. but uh it came out this year. you know the Netflix netflix always comes out with a um uh like a horror series like for halloween and mm-hmm. this that last year was midnight mass and uh it was it was I was like wow this is like a Stephen king adaptation like because it was kind of like salem's lot with oh, oh, oh cool. whatever it's like vampires and like the way it was it felt like a play because everybody had like these long monologues mm. and then you know i got i got I got. I love this. I love that series so much that I researched the filmmaker, and the filmmaker was the director of Doctor Sleep. So it all. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he got mo elements from Stephen King and put right. it into this story, <laughs> and they're like, okay, that. that but you guys should check that out, like Doctor Sleep yeah. and Midnight Mass on Netflix. Brilliant stuff. Like I, I love, you know, like I, I, I read a lot of like horror stories, like thriller stuff, you know, uh like like. Kane, Like you know, like just like that type right. of genre. So last year, I was trying to get myself out of that genre. I wanted I want to step outside my comfort zone. So I checked. The, I read uh, the picture of Dorian Gray, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: I started reading uh, the Gods of Jade. Uh, it was called. Uh, let me pull it up. I want to I want to say the right name for it. Uh, the Gods of Jade and Shadow. And it was written by uh Silvia Moreno Garcia. And she's 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 Latina. So I wanted to support like you know fem- you know, a Latino, you know. Uh so I I you know, I gave I gave uh, Barnes and Noble my money, I read it, and it was pretty it was pretty good. Like, I haven't finished it yet. I think if they would make that movie into uh, that book into a movie, it would do great as an animated movie, like a Pixar movie. Oh right. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, you guys should check out her work. And what I really also like about Uh, Sylvia is that she I follow her on Twitter and she said that she grew up um, uh, dialectic and um, I'm like oh wow like because I grew up that way too and Mm -hmm. so I kind of felt like Connected with her not only because right. of, you know my our heritage, but because right. like, we we had the same learning disability when we were young. And she's a writer she's a, she's in the, she was a well established writer. She has a bunch of books written. Right. And you know I'm you know, I'm still coming into my own. But right. yeah, uh, what what genre did you uh, step outside of your comfort zone? Like uh, you know you're trying something different.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Before I get to, that, I wanted to say there's a quick story of another uh, a book that was that adapted that kind of impacted me personally. It was called A Peaceful Warrior. And at the time I was doing, I was heavily into gymnastics and I had busted my knee. Yeah. And I, I went to this movie, I read this book called a peaceful warrior, which is about a gymnast who got his, who got his injured his knee. And I went to the movie theater one day to watch the adaptation. And right after the movie, I was so motivated. Yes. Okay. I can do this like a few months after my knee felt better. And I went back to the gym and I started trying gymnastics and I, my knee was just shot. I realized that day and I cursed that, that movie for inspiring me to go back oh, and Realized that my knee was <laughs> done forever. Um, so self-help i think those non-fiction books uh before i would only read fiction i would rarely read non-fiction um Rarely read nonfiction, and I I, I started by reading the uh, I started moving towards non- uh, nonfiction by reading the Sean Penn biography, and I read that like thirty times <laughs> he <was> my favorite <laughs> actor. And then I thought, you know, I should read other actors' biography to see what I can learn from them. Yeah. So I got um, Brian Cranston's biography, and I uh, I think I got like day Lewis biography, and then there was a musician that I really uh, respect, and I got her biography. And then from there, I started reading other books. So I read a book on like the U.S. history. It was it was really interesting one year i i read a book on the us like how they built the us constitution and um just so happy, I just found it in like, the shelf. I said, oh, let me read it. Yeah. And that year I went to Philadelphia in Washington, D.C. and I saw the Liberty Bell and I saw where they, the actual, pl- it just, it was coincidence, right? Where I had read the book of when they all met, when the all delegates went to this place in Philadelphia to to ratify the constitution. And then I had just happened to go to visit a friend of mine in D.C., she's like, let's go to Philadelphia. And we ended up seeing, you know, the house the, where the book took place. Yeah. And so it made history come alive. From, I think from there I started Very to cool. go, oh, you know, I could read more nonfiction and then Robert Kiyosaki, and all that other stuff, so.
0: I got you, man. Like, um, I haven't really delved into, like, uh, biographies yet. I mean, I read, like, again, like, I read, like, conspiracy books, like UFOs,
1: and I mean, I, yeah, you know, it's well based in reality. <laughs> you know, one um, book I recommend to you if you if you want to try to read like a nonfiction book and it's still kind of uh, haunting. I read the, by, uh, I read the memoirs of Sue Klebold, mm-hmm. which is the mother of uh, Dylan Klebold, one of the Columbine killers. Oh. And yeah, it was a powerful book. I thought that was like I couldn't put it down. It was so insight insightful, and it was just her experience and her what was her experience does she know, what does she know, what will, you know, just a whole from her perspective. And if that is something, if you want to transition to something, it's, you know, there's death and murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's the Christian will love this. No wonder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, it's kind of haunting and stuff. So, and then, yeah, I did also read the, the, um, the, uh, the Selena book that Chris Perez wrote. I love you Selena. So those are, you know.
0: Yeah. I heard that book is really controversial. Like we like, as in like the family or the father was sued, sued, uh, that guy, uh, was it Chris? He sued Chris for that book because it felt like it didn't portray Selena in the right light or their family in the right light. So right. I think mean, because, you, I mean, it's you, you know,
1: know, Selena, there's an image of her, and there's an image that they want to protect and keep. Of course. Then there's a reality to who she was a human being, regardless of, course. of her image. course. And so there was some book that inferred that she had lost her virginity before she was married. Um, and so that she lost, you know, and so... Yeah. That, that was that was it, but there's just crashing down. This image, but it was an honest testimony of Chris Perez. and I think that he was true. If you watch the movie and you read the book, you're like, okay, I get it. it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Two things actually made more sense to me: why Jennifer Lopez was cast. Um, and just the movie itself made, you know, I, I believe Jennifer Lopez was cast because she really captured the essence of who Selena was. They had similar personalities, and when I read the book, she was kind of feisty. Um, she was more feisty than the people that are on, um, and Jennifer Lopez has that kind of same quality, and, I mean, look who she is now. I mean, if, she, yeah. if Selena didn't pass away, she would have been the Jennifer Lopez, so, yeah. I mean, even more so because I think she's I mean, Selena was way more talented, but... Yeah, I
0: mean... Uh... You know i'm going to read a quote from uh james baldwin about reading because it, it ties in what we we're talking about like biographies yeah um uh, so uh let me see read that uh you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history in the world but then but then you read it was books that taught me that the things that tormented me the most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive who had ever lived mm-hmm. so yeah um that's very you know poetic and yeah. it's very, it's very dead on because like you feel like you're the only ones going through these issues, but then you pick up like a biography or a book and then you see some character that, that you could totally relate to. It's like, wow, did this guy, did the author follow me around for a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, that's what reading's all about, you know, like finding the connections. Right. You know? And with, uh, and, and it's all about also entertaining, you know, like books are supposed to be entertaining as well. Right. Yeah. So you're supposed to have fun with it. And I think uh, school kind of makes it like a drag a little bit because you, you right. have to write all these reports and they choose these lame-ass books to read, you know? <laughs> what was <laughs> yeah. your – oh, I'm sorry. Go for it.
1: No, I no, – no,
0: Oh, well, I mean, what was the worst book that you read in school that was required as a – like, you know? That's a good question.
1: I don't know. I think I liked all the books. That I was I was read so well. I like all the books. And I love. I know. Call me call me crazy. I love writing reports. It was of, so yeah. Like I look forward to writing them and and really expressing my ideas and my thoughts. Yeah. What was a book that I didn't like in high school? Um, or even no, I I don't I don't recall. Um, we read all the good ones. Hamlet. No, I didn't read Hamlet. That I read. Um, um Beowulf. Um, i so long like, ago. You know, remember. like,
0: uh, there's this one book, I think it was, um, the house of seven Gables, I, I believe.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Like I, we were reading that in English class and it was like, I read the back of it and it was, it takes place during like the Salem witch trials. And I'm like, all right, it's about witches, man. And I'm like, good. And then like, we we're like on the fifth chapter and it was so fucking dry and boring. I'm like, fuck man. My <laughs> somebody throw a pie. Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that one, um, maybe, I would. I want to say The Crucible when I was in high school, mm-hmm. it was something like, oh, I don't want to read this, you know? Um, and then when I went to, one year I went to Salem, Massachusetts and I actually went to like where all the witch trials happened. Yeah. And I went to see all these museums and all like, we well, don't film Hocus Pocus or two. And it just made it come to life for me so much that I bought the play again and I had to reread it. And I really enjoyed it as an adult. I don't mm-hmm. think I appreciated it as a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah
0: yeah i think like high school or like they kind of like we are not mentally there yet to really appreciate these stories because uh uh i mean the great gatsby is a really good story and um you know like i don't know it was because of my my school but we read like we didn't read anything that was cool you know like as like i out of high school on my own i read 1984 i read a Brave New World. I read Catcher in the Rye. I read uh, see, we read you know, the New old, World. the old man in the sea. You know, yeah. and these were books. There was we we're supposed to read them in high school, but like my yeah. my teachers dropped the ball. Like I had to pick these book, I had to oh, pick wow. these books up on my own,
1: and they were brilliant. They were really good. I loved yeah, the Brave New World we read in school. I do remember that because that one really like wow that was this is really powerful book. And yeah. I really loved, you know, Orgy Porgy. And at <laughs> the end, you know, it was, I love that's See, you know, what I loved about the end is, is a twist. And, and it was a, like a trap. That's why I love that was on This Is Now because the endings were not happy endings. They were like, they were fateful endings, where um, Jack, John, the the, the John, uh, he at the end, he, he killed himself, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to me, that was like, powerful because he spent his whole life trying to like this is you know trying to be um against the grain in this new society that he found himself in and then he just and then at the end he falls he gets so depressed that he takes the um uh, the yeah. and does the orgy with everybody that he wakes up he does he realizes ah and he kills himself i think that to me was a strong ending and that was yeah. that this is now you know also you have to read that book i i i yeah I well i'll check to... that out yeah will, you know, i'll read yeah, that I've book read... That sounds really cool it's a really, I mean, I, I love that book so much, and I, I've been wanting to meet someone who's read the book as well that I could converse with and see what was your experience, because it was about these two best friends, and the way that the story, and it was interesting because it's a female writer, but she wrote male relationships in a way that uh, a lot of females just don't understand, and, and it's really true, and so they were your best friends, uh, and they they were, you know, um, he took one in because his parents shot each other, they kill each other. So he was raised, they, they acted like brothers, right? And throughout the book, they were really close. But uh, he then one of the characters got a girlfriend, and he kind of felt alienated. And his girlfriend had a, a little brother who was kind of a hippie because it was written in the 60s, 70s. He was a hippie, and he got into LSD, and he started getting psych, psychological problems. Well, it turns out that his best friend was selling drugs and he found the drugs and he turned him into the police so he turned him into the cops God. yeah and so um and he goes to visit him in jail and he goes I, I hate you and the book ends with him hating him the book ends like i'll never forgive you wow. um and so it was just a it's i love the book it was such a powerful book because it's just like wow um like what would i do in that situation what you know what would you know
0: yeah like, I, I i know that feeling where like you want to read you want to reach out with somebody who's read like that book so you can just talk about it. it's like remember that scene i know that scene you know yeah yeah. yeah yeah exactly uh you know uh i read um the road i remember that movie they d- adapted into a movie uh like back in the 2000s as e- ego Worgensen's Vorg- in it and uh I, I really it was the same author who wrote no country for old men Oh, okay so no, I, uh, I really like that story because it almost feels like uh, like well, it is a tale but it's the tale like like lost it like that lasted a long time like as in like the author didn't give the name uh, names to the characters they just called it the man and the boy mm-hmm. and then throughout the story so it kind of felt like it was like oh the man and the boy could be anybody you know right. it could be you it could be you know uh and the story the, the story the, that was a very faithful adaptation but very depressing very 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 depressing because they had to like uh, they had to fight against uh, cannibals, you know, oh, wow. and wow. Uh, th- there's no food supply. The world's like falling, you know, they don't give an explanation why the world ended, but it it ended like this people, I, I saw, I read blogs where like they think maybe it was like a super volcano that just covered the earth in ash mm. or something like that, and um, it was very, it's really good. Like, I, I love, because it was like, it's, a, it's an apocalypse based in reality, you know? Right. So it kind of like hits harder, because like it could potentially happen you know right because if there's no if this thing's growing nobody's eating then people are right. going to eat each other you know right <laughs> and, um, but yeah it was a really good adaptation a really good story but it's very very depressing you know because mm-hmm. like the dad end dies in the end but the boy it's, it's it's, it's a happiest it's a happy ending considering what world well, right right well you know what this this is a good tie-in because one of my questions is what world would you want to live in like what book did you what book would you want to live in if you had it for one day,
1: wow, that's a good question. What book would I want to live in? Um,
0: I don't know, because all the books that I read are fucking horror, so I don't want to live yeah. in. Book. <laughs> like none of the books. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I would want to live in. Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, could I be, could it be a nonfiction book as well, or does it oh, be fiction? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> uh, I would want to live in the Ship Rose book because I like his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be his buddy, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, but fiction book, which book do I want to live in? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the. I don't know. There's no really. I don't know. That's a good question. I can't yeah. pick and choose. It's like saying which world do I want to live? There's so many oper- like world. I like the world I live in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I just want to live like I want to be like in the world where like there's like adventure and everything gets resolved in the end and everything's yeah. like oh wow. So you know what I mean like it's just like like a, maybe like a like a mystery you know or like I an out of it. world type of story uh like 2001 but even though 2001 is about like you know like man versus machine
1: (laughs) you know Uh, i think the reason why i can't pick one is because that's why i'm an actor because i want to experience all the different worlds you know but i i want to also like kind of live in my reality so uh that's what i i I love about being an actor so you mm could take you could be in these stories you can live you know, i just did a short film on thursday and i was playing this character that was just so weird uh so off the wall and it was fun and i think uh when you read your books you put yourself in those worlds and you live in it for the time that you're i mean for me at least i really immerse myself in the story mm-hmm. and um, so i don't know if i could just choose one
0: that's, well that's it's it's in response and that's fine uh wh- how about let's see oh uh, would you ever write your own book? I know you wrote, like, you're writing plays, but would you ever write, like, consider writing, like, a
1: narrative? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I loved, like, English was my favorite subject. And I thought for sure I'm going to write something. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would. I would. Uh, I would definitely consider writing something. I just don't. Um, I don't know what I would write and it's such a hard, I mean, you know, as a writer, it's hard to sit down and just start to write something and then you don't know how you're going to get to, you know, maybe you have plot points or maybe you have, uh, like, I want to go there, but how do I get there? I don't know. And I get discouraged, but I'm learning to like, just sit down and do it and it'll, it'll work. You know, um, I think writing songs you know as you know like i, I do like to write songs and i learned mm. guitar and i finished an album yeah. and starting there writing songs has helped me all right like you you know like i wrote a lot of songs that didn't make it to this album that were crap songs before you know and you just start to start with crap and then eventually the crap turns into good yeah and so i think that's where i would i would just start you know but yeah i would to answer that question i would write something in the future i mean i know those uh
0: what you're saying where like how do I get here and you know like I think by by answering those questions just all about sitting down and just getting to that point and then you kind of work it out as you're, you're kind of it's kind of like you create plot points but like it's also spontaneous at the same time because you're kind of creating you're you're you're, you're creating it and you're right. leading to these points and then when you're creating those spontaneous moments it resolves that that question like that question that you have for, for right. the future, you know because right now i'm writing this uh character where like he's overweight but, and i was like how am i gonna how is he gonna lose weight you know what yeah. i mean like how, is he gonna run the track is he gonna join sports like my character won't join sports they hate sports you know <laughs> and and then like i have this moment where like his they're one of the friends he's she's moving to texas and they're like in high school they can't drive like they they have bikes and i'm like wait a minute he could just ride his bike and he loves it that's how he loses weight Oh my, I'm like, perfect! Oh yeah. my, like, and then I got my cigar. And I threw it in the fucking you on the yeah. desk. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. You know, it's just like those moments. Uh, that's what I love about writing. Is like, even though you 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 think you know where you're going, like getting there is like it's so much fun because like you you surprise yourself. Right. As, as as when you're writing, I mean, is it the same thing when you're 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 creating uh
1: like lyrics? We're like how how can i get there and then you yeah like, definitely like, uh, it's very much like that. and then you get into the zone there was a quote from one of the books i was reading it says that action. you know a lot of people mistake motivation and motivation leads to action it's the other way around action leads to uh, behavior behavior leads to motivation so when you're in the middle of it just if you don't know where to start just start it'll come out mm-hmm. and so when you're right like maybe at first like, i don't know what to write i don't know what to write i'm stuck on this line but then when i sit down with the guitar and i just start going at it it'll just yeah. flow out naturally Cause you're in that zone of of mm-hmm. a creativity of, of of yeah, and so it'll it'll just, work itself
0: out. And I think you, if you if you uh, sit down and write your own story, you, it'll work itself out. It doesn't have to be perfect because like we're we're perfect, we're perfectionists we're and we want it to be yeah you know. So you stay, like on that paragraph for a long ass time, but uh, right. you know I'm just pushing to.
1: I'm sorry, huh? no go for it i did take a creative writing class in college and i wrote a 10-page short story and the professor said this is a book that you should like really expand this is something that can expand upon so there's that you know i did so there there was that idea of being like hey maybe i'll write something in the future and then one of my short films that i wrote i first wrote as a pro so i wrote it as a short story and had someone adapted it to a script mm-hmm. and so there is that right there is kind of like all right it's been there it's there so hopefully maybe i can you know build upon that but i've never wrote more than like 10 or 20 pages of a short story well never say never man
0: (laughs) it's just one (laughs) word at a time you know exactly i I watch uh tiktok videos about like you know writers and they say like don't get discouraged it's just like just one word at a time and soon enough you'll just have all you know all these pages so just you're not in a race with anybody you're just creating your own thing write what you want to read what right. you want, what you enjoy, and you'll you eventually get there. Oh, and before we go, I uh, also uh, – have you read a uh, – I know what story that I want to live in now. It's uh, the Ready Player One, even though, like, it's oh, a dystopian okay. story, but, like, the, the whole idea of, like, living inside the virtual reality, it looks yeah. fucking cool. You know, it's like it was a really good invention and yeah, like, had a happy ending, and then the sequel wasn't the, – the author wrote a sequel to the book. It wasn't that good, mm-hmm. but I, that's the world that I would like to live in uh, even though the, the world around them is falling apart, but yeah. the virtual reality part was, was pretty kick-ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I like about like that uh, author his name is uh, I think it's uh, Chris Elliot or Elliot Chris. Uh, he, it took him ten years to write Ready Player One and he worked out as a banker and he had a family. so you know he would get out of work and you know take care of his family. And sometimes he said uh, I would be too tired to write, but I'd eventually I would pick it up. I would pick it up, and right. and ten years later, it you know it was it, it was directed by Steven Spielberg, wow. and uh, yeah, so that's that's really encouraging, you know, hearing yeah. these these stories, these underdog stories, you know. Uh, but you know, before we go, what what are some of the books you want to you recommend to our you know listeners?
1: Um. That was "This Is Now" by Essie Definitely <laughs> read it, yeah. Um, and yeah, just any. You know what? Just like you said before, read anything that you love. Uh, I love these types of stories. I love you know these helpful books and, and whatnot. So this is what motivates me to read. If you pick up something that you don't care about, you're not going to want to finish reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those those books, um, anything that you love, just anything. And plays too. I love to read plays, um, and they're easy reads. For people who have never read before and they're trying to start kind of getting into reading, read plays because they're really you'll be done with them within an hour or two and they're really interesting. So, yeah,
0: okay. So, what play should somebody read if it's like they're barely getting into like you know reading?
1: Mm -hmm. One of my favorite plays, man, that I've read is uh by uh, the playwright named uh Neil Aboot. It was um in a a dark, dark forest, it's very, very intense. or in a dark, dark place. one of those in a dark, dark something. And what else? Anything else? Uh, he also has uh, in a forest, dark and deep, and he has another one called Fat Pig. <laughs> 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 those are good. I just I love Yelabu. I love his writing style. I think it's, it's dark, but it's some some of them is dark comedy, and some of them are darker, tense, and those are the kind of stories that I would love, like love to be an actor to be part of, and yeah. that's how I'd love to write. And I think I think um. Uh, my, one of my plays that I'm writing right now is very similar in tone to, to that. So, uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, thanks, man. Uh, you know, before we go, like, I know I, I don't want to butcher the author's name already, Player One, so I researched it. It's Ernest Klein. That's his name. Yeah. So, uh yeah. If he ever watches my show, I don't want to say, he doesn't even know my name, man. Now, I, I, I Googled <laughs> okay. it, man. So, uh, yeah, I really admire and respect, like, his career. Like, it took him 10 years to break out as an author. So, it it gives me you know, motivation to finish my, my stuff. So, uh, yeah. Well, Byron, thank you so much for uh, joining me today on Casually Christian. I really appreciate it. I I hope to have you again, you know, for another show. Definitely. Like our conversation is always good, man. I love hanging out. I love talking to you and we should have some uh, lunch soon. Some Thai food because we were talking about that because I love fucking carbs. (laughs) 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 All all right, Byron. Well, have a good Saturday. I'll talk to you soon, man. Yep. Thank you for inviting me. right guys, well that's our shit. That's our shit. (laughs) That's our show for today. Uh thank you for watching. And if you're watching this on Facebook, please remember to uh follow and share. And if you guys can go on YouTube, hit like and subscribe and smash that notification bell to catch the latest episodes of Casually Christian presented by Livestream My Event. And if you want to produce your own podcast, please reach out to my friend Emmanuel Alvarez at Livestream My Event. He'll connect you in the same way he connected me. And uh, it you know it's uh, it's good it's good working with it man like we're creating a lot of great content and also we're also now on Spotify so our latest episode of Casually Christian we talked about movies is now streaming on Spotify so please follow uh, that platform so until next time uh, guys bid uh, you do have a good weekend and uh, I'll see you guys soon bye. I'm done with the book, I'm the book, I'm done with the book, I'm the book, the